Welcome to episode 14 of season one. I am your host of this program, Thriving While Golden. This program is designed for that woman 50 and wiser. And yes, you know what? I came up, I just um, was actually doing some grocery shopping a couple of days ago, and I came across this term, 50 and wise. I'm like, yes, I'm going to incorporate that into my show. So this show is designed for that woman 50 and wiser seeking to thrive into her golden years. And by way of introduction, if you've you're just joining us for the first time. I am your host, Dr. Eno Nsima Obad. I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician, a certified functional medicine practitioner, award-winning author on a book entitled Dr. Eno's A to Z Guide to Thriving with Type 2 Diabetes, in addition to being a professional life coach. So welcome. I use this podcast or the format of this podcast is still evolving. It's really designed to be, you know, informative, but in a conversational tone. So just imagine me sitting across the a couch um, in your living room and we're just having a casual conversation. A lot of this information may be related to health and wellness topics, but some of them are also some of my life experiences that I intend to share with you in order to offer you information that I hope will transform your life. So about a week ago, a week and a half ago, I took a trip across the pond to London, which is my birthplace and where my family happens to live. I went to visit my mom. So on the way back, it was an eight-hour transatlantic flight. And so I had enough time to ponder, reflect, do some reading. I actually love listening to podcasts, um, not sorry, audibles and podcasts. Yes. But I like to listen to audibles because I spend a lot of time, as you may imagine, while I'm at work in front of a computer screen. Besides, you know, on a transatlantic flight, even though there is a power supply, sometimes a computer screen becomes exhausting. But anywho, that's beside the point of the story. <laughs> so I'm doing some reading towards the last, I would say, three hours of the flight. And one of the topics I came across, it was a book on how to heal. But one of the topics I came across was how social connection is very important in order to enhance healing. And so I just had this light bulb go off because again, I'm speaking to you, my sisters over 50, and a lot of times, especially at this time in our life, some of us may be going through maybe some challenges where we have lost a spouse, we may be single, either by intention or unintentionally, and I, in my experience, I've, I've found out that sometimes we tend to isolate ourselves, we become socially isolated. We want to keep to ourselves and mind our own business and we really don't form that social connection. And so this episode is entitled The Importance of Social Connection. Especially, I'm going to highlight how it relates to your health and your well-being. Because of course, this is all about health and well-being because if we don't have our health and well-being, 
how are we going to be able to thrive into our golden years? And just for those of you who are new on the show, you can go back to the introductory episodes, why I call this Thrive, and my mission is to create a tribe of thrivers, that is people who are flourishing, who are growing, who are progressing, who are making their mark on the planet as they reach into their golden years and beyond. So let's go back to this topic of social connection and why this is very important, especially in the in the second half of our lives. Like I said, some of us may have gone through divorces that we, you know, divorce for whatever reason. For instance, I am very transparent about the fact that I am divorced. Um, some of us may never have married. Some of us may have lost spouses. Some of us may just be in a rut and, and maybe we, we're, we're headed towards retirement and that social circle that used to exist for us that is in our workplace no longer exists because we're now in retirement and not necessarily out there day in and day out with our previous social circle. So there is this field of study called sociogenomics, sociogenomics. And what it is, is a field of research that actually examines how different social factors impact your genes. Now, previously, it used to be believed that your genes, your genetic makeup is what you were. So you, you know, if you remember biology, your, your genes are, you know, these, um, these molecules that are attached to your chromosomes and um, different genes are responsible for different manifestations, anything from your eye color to your stature. And also, most importantly, some genes are also associated with disease expression. So one of the commonly held beliefs previously used to be that if you had a genetic tendency, for instance, towards type 2 diabetes, for instance, or hypertension, because that had been manifested in your family member, most 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 likely your parents, that whatever you did, you would end up with diabetes or hypertension. Now, research is showing that even though you may have this genetic tendency, that there are ways to switch on and off these genes. So when it comes to the topic of sociogenomics, this is the study of how environmental factors can have an impact on our gene expression. And it is becoming something that is being investigated widely because we are finding that situations such as stress, social isolation can impact our genetic expression of certain diseases, especially diseases that are associated with a pro-inflammatory state. So when I talk about pro-inflammatory, I talk about, um, I, I mean, these, these genetic expressions could stimulate inflammation in the body. And for most chronic diseases, it is the inflammation that is stimulated in the body that is the cause of chronic diseases, such as diabetes and hypertension and heart disease and cancers and arthritis. So sociogenomics, again, is a study of the impact that social and environmental factors have on our genetic expression. And one of the things that research has shown is that when we are more socially connected, 
we tend to do much better than adults, and especially older adults, we tend to do much better when we are socially connected than when we are socially isolated. Now, one very important caveat here is that we're not talking about Facebook friends or Instagram friends. We're, we're speaking about actual connection, knee to knee, eye to eye, hug to hug. And so I wanted to bring this topic up because I think it's extremely important if we have not already that we begin to form those social connections. Now, um, shout out to one of my former nurses, you know you, Sandy. Um, Sandy and her friends have had this kind, an example of this social connection that has gone on for over 40 years. And what these ladies have done is they meet on almost a monthly basis. They go out to a restaurant or a movie or a show. And also they plan vacations. They acknowledge each other's holidays. So think about that in terms of that social connection. And importantly, this is outside of their marriages. So most of these ladies in that group are married. They have healthy, happy marriages, but they still take the time to fraternize amongst themselves. And when one member of the group is ill, then, you know, they support, they support that, that, that member. Now, another group that comes to my mind, uh, you know, sororities, they, you can also get social connection through that. One of the other popular groups is the Red Hats. So you may not necessarily have to go out there and form your own social connections, although it is always nice to have people of like mind. So if you like going out to the movies, if you like cooking, if you like walks, you may want to form, form a social group with people with similar interests so there's no conflict. But the important thing to remember is that this is helping to enhance your health and well-being at a cellular level. So we know that. It, it cuts down on the release of inflammatory cytokines. It helps improve antiviral expression. So if you're anywhere in the world right now, you've heard about the coronavirus um, epidemic. I'm not saying by any stretch of imagination that just because you have a robust social connection that you may not be at risk of the coronavirus, but the coronavirus is an example of a novel virus, be that as it may, but a virus. And what happens is when you are under a significant amount of stress, there is a diminishment in your immune system of uh, suppressing viral expression. So you are at increased risk, for instance, of the common cold, right? So think about when you're under stress, you're at increased risk of getting the common cold or the flu. So when you have a robust social connection, that antiviral expression goes higher and those inflammatory cytokines, those inflammatory molecules that put you at increased risk of chronic disease are elevated. Sorry, that put your chronic disease are diminished. So they're diminished, that's dampened, and the antiviral expression gets improved. And also you overall have release of um, hormones like your endorphins and, and oxytocin, which in which which enhance bonding and a better sense of well-being. I think it's important that we emphasize this and we begin to look at this critically because inevitably we will, if we have not already, 
face some loss. And it's important to have community around us. It's important to have social support around us as we begin to age. So if you are one of those who's out there and just in your own little bubble, feeling isolated, I encourage you to take one simple step. And I'm not talking about connecting with somebody on social media, because to me, that's really not, um, I don't want to say it's not real, but I'm saying that we can do better. We can pick up the phone. We can arrange to have a dinner date or or just even a phone conversation with somebody live at the end. Texting doesn't work also. So when I'm talking about when I'm talking about social connection, things like social media and Instagram and texting and Facebook do not they do not count. They can augment things. So if you have for instance, I have a group of ladies that I tend to go, we we tend to hang out kind of loosely, not really in a formal way, but one of my commitments this year is to really make that formal. I call that my circle of wise women. So you think about how you can put together a circle of wise women, people who will give you counsel, people who will give you social support, people who you can lean into when you're going through trials I think it's something that is very important that we begin to put into place. So this is really a short episode because it really became present to me that I think it's something we need to do. So I'd love to hear your comments. Feel free to leave a message. And if there are any topics you'd like to hear about in the future, drop me a line. Hello there, and thank you for listening to Thriving Wild Golden. Health-related information provided through this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice, and it should not be used to diagnose or treat health problems. Please be sure to consult with your healthcare provider before instituting any changes.